0: Hello, church family. At the end of each calendar year, we like to take a little time to reflect on the many, many things God has done for us, and in us, and through us, throughout that entire year. With this being the first year of our Make Him Known initiative, we've been re-emphasizing our disciple-making mission. We want this video to reflect how God was at work within UBC as it relates to the nine characteristics of a disciple that we're pursuing as a church.
1: One of our discipleship values here at UBC is helping people know the Lord personally. This means helping people come to a true and sincere faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, because we want to see people cross the line of faith where they repent of their sin, trust in Christ's life, death, and resurrection on their behalf, come to live a life of knowing and following Him day by day, and then become committed to His church. And so when I think of this, I think of people like Tommy Rygaard and... Stephen Carter and Caleb Dilger and several others whose faith has become real this past year. People who have not only made a personal decision to follow Jesus, but then made a public decision to follow him in baptism. So, you know, we had over 50 people attend our baptism classes in 2022. And as of the date we're filming this video, 25 of them have followed the Lord and believers baptism. And guys, that is God's hand at work in our church. And it's a joy to see people come to know and follow him personally. And one evidence that we've come to know Christ personally is that we also come to love the church. We start to see ourselves as part of the bride of Christ, part of the family of faith. And that's why we celebrate it when people take steps towards connecting with the local church. In this past year, we've had over 70 people attend UBC 101 as an introductory step into our church. We've had over 130 people participate in our Make Him Known group to hear more about our vision. And we've had 70 people join the church as new members. So Church Family, it has been a joy to see people take these steps
2: as they've come to know and follow Jesus personally. Prayer is an essential characteristic of the spiritual life. Over this past year, we have had a number of events and activities to lift our hearts and concerns to the Lord. Our Sunday morning prayer group grew from two to nine people. The prayer focus was sent out weekly and has touched the lives of many based on feedback. We have over 250 prayer partners on our prayer alert distribution for those prayer requests that are sent in as the need arises. The deacons pray regularly for our members. The staff prays for our regular attenders throughout the year. Prayer was powerful in making the groundbreaking ceremony a reality in a few short days. We had an Ebenezer pile of stones to remind us of the Lord's work. We pray walk through the facility more than once and ask the Lord to use the facility for his glory. We expectantly look forward to the Lord's being glorified in all that we do. Learning to know Jesus biblically is
3: part of our growth as his disciples. As God becomes precious to us, so does his word. Therefore, we want to grow in reading it, understanding it, meditating on it, and applying it to our lives. This is what has driven our emphasis on scripture throughout our entire ministry over this past year. In our sermons, we've preached through the first major section of the book of Acts, delivered biblical answers to tough questions in our Asking for a Friend series, refreshed our biblical vision for making Christ known here, near, and everywhere, and we just wrapped up a Christmas series by focusing on knowing God through the Psalms. In addition to our Sunday sermons, our growth groups have dug deeper into the sermon text during their weekly meetings. Our women's ministry completed studies on God's plan for our future and a better prayer life. In our adult classes on Sunday mornings, we've not only studied the books of the Bible, but also looked at defending the faith amidst cultural madness. Student ministries address topics such as apologetics and dealing with anxiety. And in our children's ministry, our Gospel Project curriculum teaches our children to learn the Bible in chronological and a Christ-centered manner, while our Wana program is helping kids develop a fun approach to the memorization of Scripture. As we grow in Christ, we start to understand more and more what Jesus meant when he said that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's why one of our values is to help people know the Lord biblically. So this past year, we saw two
4: brand new growth groups start up, nine new growth group leaders to help uh, with existing groups, and over 100 new people join groups just this year. We also had uh, about 25 different discipleship connections made this year, which I think is more than any of the other years that I've been here. Uh, we had our women's ministry kick off this year and they were able to jump off of the Women's Bible Fellowship and all the work they've done. And they formed a team of leaders to kind of focus on five major areas, teaching, discipleship, connection, outreach, and communication. And it's exciting to see that ministry really growing this year too. And it's no surprise, but here at UBC, we love you college students. At our fall college cookout, we had over a hundred of the students there to hang out and get to know each other and learn about the role that they play in the life of our church. And many of them have plugged into our groups and our serving teams since then. But even beyond our college cookout, we had a bunch of awesome events at church this year, like our church picnic or our bonfire and chili cook off or trunk or treat, and who can forget our worship on the slab night See, when it comes to getting people together, no one parties harder than the senior adult ministry. They did all kinds of things like field trips and hymn sings and soup and salad sampler suppers. Uh, They had all kinds of intentional connection. And so in spite of roadblocks and all kinds of difficulties from construction and space issues, we had a great year connecting together at UBC.
5: It's a joy to join staff and be part of the UBC family. In 2022, our church has prayerfully and financially adopted 8 more missionaries, getting us to 15 who are now sharing the gospel here, near, and everywhere. 17 UBC people went on missions all around the world. Our missions team is crucial in our efforts to reach the lost and have recently welcomed a new member to the team. Some of my favorite stories is hearing about a little girl in our church who met one of our visiting missionaries picked up their card and committed to pray for them with eagerness, understanding the importance of doing her part in caring for a missionary. And another little boy who expressed the desire to become a missionary as well. As Aldi mentioned, it has been a joy to join UBC and serve here this past year. Mercifully, UBC has continued to provide our hands and feet for the Lord to use in 2022. Our deacon ministry has grown to 28 men who are serving and praying for the members of UBC. Two new ministries have started here in 2022. The first, our pro-life ministry, has been working closely with the Miami Valley Women's Center and Bridges Path. Our second, Call to Care, has recently formed a care community who's come alongside a family who has recently adopted. Our growth groups have also continued to work in the community with the intention of discipleship and mentoring. Two such examples are two growth groups who are working with Bridges of Hope and Xenia, and another one working with Project Victory in downtown Dayton. The UBC family also provided 484 OCC shoeboxes to go to the needy children of the world. These and others make us excited to look forward to 2023.
4: Our family ministries want to make Him known generationally by training our children and teens to know the Lord. UKids leaders have taught and challenged our
2: children from the teachings of the Book of Joshua
5: through Minor Prophets. Students have been challenged to grow in the walk with Christ by studying books of the Bible, apologetics, and tackling tough subjects on
1: Sunday
4: nights. Our student ministry has 28 leaders investing in our students through 14 small groups that meet each week. God has led 84 people to complete ministry applications
2: to start serving in new kids over the course of the year. Over this last year, we have seen a 30% increase in attendance of children and students during our Sunday morning, Sunday evening Awana, and student ministry activities.
5: In June, we were able to take 100 U kids, teens, and volunteers to summer camps to provide a week-long opportunity to challenge kids to grow in the faith in Christ.
4: Our students and leaders have served our church and community through multiple service projects this year, including
2: the Battery Blitz in November, where we reached 500 of our neighbors. In our parent commissioning services, we challenge families to raise their children as deliberately as possible in Christian education.
5: We've been participating in Fellowship of Christian Athlete meetings on at Beaver Creek High School on a weekly basis. It's been such a blessing to see students put their faith in Christ and want to be discipled in the faith.
4: We have been able to walk alongside our families and celebrate adoptions, births, baptisms, salvations, and have come alongside families in tough times and
5: hardships.
0: It's been a full year of encouraging our families to make Him known.
2: Clearly, the Lord has been blessing us this year with volunteers, contractors, and super construction manager material and funding to build the Worship and Student Center. He blessed us with Rick Tennis, who touched our lives with his testimony, guidance, and hands-on example of working for the Lord. The Lord provided the Builders for Christ volunteers from all over the United States. He encouraged many of our own folks to be summer serve volunteers to work with the BFC folks. The Lord brought us Luke and our own Dirty Dozen of dedicated people to work alongside Rick, and then provided Ed Diorsi to pick up where Rick left. UBC members and friends have been generous in their giving, giving over two-thirds of the $4.5 million Make Him Known goal that we set in this first half of the year. We had almost 164 new givers to UBC, a great step in their growing as disciples. The WSC has over 98% done. The new garage is done. The interior is next. Clearly, the Lord has abundantly provided resources for this adventure. When it comes to knowing the Lord
0: and making Him known, worship must be at the center of it all. That's why the Lord Jesus himself told us that the first and greatest commandment was that we must love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We want this to be true, not just for our individual lives as believers, but also for the collective life of our church. That's why we come together each Sunday to worship the Lord together as a church family. And this year, we've had some special and significant times in our worship services, haven't we? In January, we had Partners in the Gospel Sunday where we introduced Builders for Christ. In the spring, we celebrated the Resurrection with our Easter service at Bales Arena. In September, Ricky Tennyson encouraged us on Serving Sunday and many of you got connected at our ministry involvement Fair. In October, we had our first Mission Sunday where we cast vision for reaching people locally, nationally, and globally. And in December, we had Celebration Sunday. We rejoiced over the commitments to our Make Him Known initiative. In addition, recall that each quarter we had our Worship Together weekend where our elementary students joined us in the worship services some of whom trusted Christ as their Savior in those services. And then we sprinkle in throughout the year several special weekends where we prayed over missionaries, installed new elders and deacons, commissioned new parents, and took the Lord's Supper, and celebrated baptisms. Gatherings like these are vital for our church family. It's as we're gathering together as one church saying, Lord, we love you. We want to hear from you. We want to live for you. We want to worship you.
1: Psalm 111, 1-4 says this, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, in the company of the upright, in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, and he has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. So I hope this short video has prompted you to do just that, to remember his works, and then to give thanks with your whole heart, because 2022 was truly an exciting year for our church family. And I hope that as we have remembered how the Lord has worked in our church body in the past, I hope it helps us to trust him with our present and with our future. Looking forward to seeing what he does in 2023. Good morning.
0: I know that was a clap for the video and not for me. I get it. So good morning. Happy New Year. So if you listen to the songs, you watch the video, you, you pretty much just check out at this point. No, I'm kidding. Um, I practiced the, uh, the sermon over the weekend, and for those with littles or those that are older in Wiggle, um, it's not really long, so that's good news. But Jason asked me to preach today. He uh, enjoyed a nice week off with his family, so I was excited to dive into God's Word and, and look for uh, how God wanted to speak through His Word about remembrance, because today is that day of remembrance. You know, yesterday, last night, some of y'all were watching a football game, celebrating, doing all those wonderful things. I was sleeping because I had to get up and come in here. I'm sure the band, they get here way early, so thank you to the band um, and all the sound people that do all the great things. So as Jason came to me and said, hey, oh, by the way, we want to stay in the Psalms. And I'm like, okay, well, let me go find this psalm. So, thankfully, God gave me Psalm 111 uh, to preach on today. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Psalm 111. um, I did give Michael and the whole crew the verses that I'm going to go through, but that was a couple days ago. I make no promises that I didn't change something along the way. Just roll with it, and we'll just make sure that uh, all is good. So Psalm 111 is an acrostic psalm. An acrostic is is where each line has a certain, some, well, let me explain this. I, I need that good comma editing person or that English teacher people to come explain to me what all this is. But basically, each, ver, each line started with a letter of the, of the Hebrew alphabet and went through. So like going through that, I said, ah, we can do this. Thank you, Lord. So I came up with, let our remembrance dwell on the Lord, L-O-R-D hey, that worked out. So let our remembrance dwell on the Lord. I don't know if that's really an acrostic or an acronym or whatever. I'm sure somebody will correct me later on. But it's who I am. Those that know me know I'm a little crazy. Um, For those that don't know me, I'm Jeff Vanskoy. I'm one of the elders. I'm like the rookie elder, so that's probably why I'm preaching now. Um, But I'm excited to be here this morning. Why? Because we're going to talk about remembering the past. We're going to talk about living today and looking towards tomorrow. So Jason preached a couple weeks ago about, about being downcast. Now, we just celebrated. We don't want to be a downcast, but he talked about being downcast and how even mature Christians at times can get down, right? So that really hit home to me because early last year, Paul and I were a little bit down in one of the ministries that we were, we were part of to the point where we decided is this really what God wants us to do, or does he want us to step aside? So I asked some gentlemen in the church that I admire and respect to to pray with me, and we prayed for about a month. They joined Paul and I in prayer, and God made it clear that we were to move forward in this ministry. It really wasn't going as we expected. Notice I say how we expected. The great news is that now I can reflect back and see, wow how God took that ministry that we were kind of just struggling through and how He blessed it and how He grew that ministry that we were involved in and how we got to see lives change. Why? Because we didn't do anything other than submit to God. He did all the work. God is amazing in the good times, the bad times, the difficult times. So let's go ahead and read Psalm 111, then we'll dive in and we'll break it apart. <clears throat> Starting with verse 1, praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, in the company of the upright, in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is His work, and His righteousness endures forever. He has caused His wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear Him. He remembers His covenant forever. He has shown His people the power of His works, in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. So when we pause and we reflect and we meditate on God's word and on his work in our lives, we can see God at work. So I can't redo what they just did in the video. So I said, well, here's some things, as I reflected on, that God's worked on in my life. He worked in the small things. I was able to pray with this, this young lady, this waitress in D.C. God really placed it on my heart. And you could just tell by her reaction that God was working in that moment. What a blessing to be used by God. Then earlier this year, when I had my other chance to preach... A couple months later, I got a note from this young lady, this little 10-year-old girl, not prompted by mom and dad. She gave him a note. What an encouragement to me that was, how God works through just the little things. Then we have the big things. You know, right over here, we had the groundbreaking and the building of a new facility. And I got to be part of that. Wow. Now, I, I got to tell you, don't be nervous. I was supervised the whole time I was there, and they didn't let me do any structural things. Now, there may be a closet that you go into. I'd be a little leery, but other than that, I think the guys that I was with took good care of me there. Um, Big things like the building. Big things like my daughter. My baby girl got to graduate just a couple weeks ago with her master's degree. That's a big thing. That's a big deal. God is at work at difficult times. We had a a young man, 12-year-old boy. They were on vacation. He came down with a disease, and he died at the age of 12. That's horrible, That's difficult, but God worked through that situation. I was able to talk to those people. I didn't know them, but that rallied the kids in our neighborhood. These young men and ladies in our neighborhood walked around to every door in the neighborhood and knocked on that door and asked them to pray for this young man. That's God at work in difficult times. We had friends and family members, right? UBC family members, I mean, right? This stepped away from UBC. Some because God called them to other things, some just because... They were drawn away. Those are difficult times, but God is at work. Then God is at work, right? During great times, we had two people in growth group who's, who had kids that got saved a young man we've been praying for, and a young lady who was just, just a young little girl. Both accepted Christ. Side note this morning after first service, this young lady came up with her dad. I don't even know how old she is. But she told me that she accepted Christ last night. That's exciting. You want to talk about a great 2022 for just one day. That's worth celebrating, isn't it? Then Paul and I got to go on a great vacation that God helped us, helped us go on because we couldn't figure out what we were going to do. And God said, well, okay, let me just take care of this because, you know, that's what God does. But during that time that God was such a great encouragement for us, Now, why do I tell you about all the things that were happening in my life? You see, because it's not about me. It's about God. And each one of you, all through 2022, God has done similar things in your life. Some of you got to go work on the church. Some of you got to pray with people. Some of you had good things happen in your life. Some of you went through very difficult times in your life, but God was there. So, as we review the Psalms, and as Jason said, hey, I need you to pick a psalm to preach out of on Remembrance. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. Now, being that I'm me, I didn't start at 1 and move forward. I started at 150 and went backwards, right? But as I look through these, it didn't matter whether the psalmist was having a good day, they were having a bad day, big things were going on, little things were going on. Each psalm was worshiping God. They were giving God the glory and the praise. And so whether we go through big things or small things or difficult things, God is involved. And just like the psalmist, just like Job, when we go through difficult times, we can still worship God because God is at work. And when we think about that, we always think about the big things, and we talk about the big things. It's easy, right? We can look right over here and see this great big building, but God is involved in the little things of our lives. So in Psalm 8, verse 4, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You see, in who are we who are we individually who am i who am i got god is mindful of me and while this verse is really good at keeping me humble it's also a very straightforward verse it's also a very majestic think about this the god of the universe the god who all creation all authority king of kings lord of lords is mindful of you is mindful of me and not just a little as a little aspect of your life God's not compartmentalized. God is fully aware of you, fully mindful of you. In Psalm 139, 13, For you were formed, right? You formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. So God knew us before our birth. Our days are numbered. You see, God is not present with us just going through time. He's outside of time. He's above time He's with us past, present, and future. That's that's kind of hurts my head when I think about that. But so when somebody says that God has gone there before you, God's already there. That gives me great assurance. God knows my past. He's worked through my past, and He's guided me along. So now let's go back to Psalm 111. Now, I'm obviously not a music person. I don't get up here and sing. So we're going to bounce around through these verses because the different verses have different pieces of them. So just bear with me. I'll go through them. I'll I'll probably go quick because I'm a New Yorker. You know, that's kind of how I am. So verse 2, Great are the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them. So we study God's word and we delight in his works. But we can't delight in them if we don't study them. But when we study God's word, we dive into God's word we see how amazing His works are. Big or small, God is amazing. Verse 4, He has caused His wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. So when we meditate, yeah, that's, that's what we have to do. Meditate on His Word. We have to pause and reflect. He reveals His wondrous works to us when we stop and we think about Him. We're able to see His grace and His mercy unveiled in our lives when we stop and we reflect on our past and what God has done verse 6 he has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations God reveals the power here right this example is leading the Israelites to the promised land out of Egypt for us today we see God's awesome power right out the windows to your right but we also see his power in the difficult times and in the small matters of life verse 9 We're going to hit verse 9 a few times. I really started to like verse 9 here. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. So God sent redemption to his people. Yet this was written before Jesus came to the earth. So while this points back to God redeeming Israel out of Egypt, conquering Canaan, overcoming enemies, there's also an example of God's ultimate desire to redeem people to himself. And if you've submitted to Jesus Christ in your past, now you have your testimony which you can share today and tomorrow to be a blessing to others, reflecting on your past to live today and look forward to tomorrow. So how does remembering our past impact the present? Because of God's mighty work, because of His character, because of His presence, We can work through today knowing that God is with us. He's proved his faithfulness in our past, and we reflect on that, and we can make it through today. So verse 7. The works of his hands are faithful and just. To be performed, excuse me, all his precepts are trustworthy. God's works are faithful and just. I loved that song, Great is thy faithfulness. I asked Phil between services because I didn't know that song I was going to be sang this morning during first service. I asked Phil between services, I said, wait, when did you come up with that song? And he goes, oh, a long time ago, I knew we were going to do this. Fantastic. God is faithful and just. We can look at the past, right? Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Every day I can see God's great work. So by looking at the past, I know that God is faithful and just. He does what He says He's going to do, and He's right in all that He does. You see, He loves us. He proved that at the cross. He showed us in our past that He loves us. Now, sometimes our circumstances, they give that appearance, at least in our human eyes, that God's not present and that God doesn't care. But that's just because our eyes are a little blurry. When we reflect on our past, we know that despite the difficult time that we may be going through, that God is there, that God does love us, that God does provide for us. He knows what we need, and He provides what we need. Now, verse 7 gives me a chance to do a little sidebar, a little free lesson, because it says in here, right, all His precepts are trustworthy. They're established forever and ever. So God established precepts. These are rules to guide us day to day. Now, it's interesting because the world will look at these rules and say, these are unjust, unkind, and unfair. Yet we all like rules, don't we? No, Jeff, I don't like rules. My mom and dad make rules. My boss makes rules. But we do like rules. That's why we have a government. That's why we set boundaries. We set boundaries for our kids. We set boundaries for ourselves. Last night, some of us set boundaries or resolutions... Some of us broke those because my beautiful, lovely wife put out cookies this morning and some of us already had cookies. But, right? We set boundaries. God does the same thing. He sets boundaries for us. Why? Because like a parent, He loves us. He wants to protect us. He cares for us and He wants to provide what we need. And we need that guidance day to day to go through life. Sometimes it's to protect us from ourselves. God is good. God is great. And God loves us. That was free. No extra charge for that one. For those that are new, we don't charge by the word. We don't charge at all. Just come on in for the free love of God. So verse 5, moving up to verse 5. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. Now, y'all know I like to eat, so I liked this verse. Um, But God provides for his people. Here are the references to food in the wilderness. Now, that was a miracle. You want to talk about a miracle. God provided food for over a million people six days a week for 40 years. You want to talk about a fellowship session. Now, we put on some fellowships here, but that's a lot of food and a lot of people. Then God provided, right? He fed 5,000 people. Then he's fed another 4,000 people. See, but God provides for those who fear him. That's deep respect and honor given to God who earns it. We're going to talk about that here in a minute again. See, but this providing goes beyond food. Now, I like to talk about food, but this goes beyond that. God knows what you need, when you need it, and he's faithful and just to provide us that when we need that. Now, here's the hard part. Sometimes that's not the new job. Sometimes that's not the new car. Sometimes that's not what I want sometimes it's a difficult time sometimes it's a difficult friend neighbor coworker difficult circumstance but we can we can trust god because god is faithful and true and just and he knows what we need and though it's not pleasant like the psalmist we can worship god and know based on his past performance that he is faithful and just and true And we can worship him because he is going to lead us through that. It's the verse three full of splendor and majesty is his work and his righteousness endures forever. Full of majesty and splendor is his work. Right. Here's the thing about God. God doesn't just check in with us. Right. He's not the good boss. He doesn't go. Hey, Jesse. How you doing today? Life okay? Okay, I got other things to do. He doesn't go, oh, hey, Brian, you doing okay? I got, you know, I got to go over here. Jeff's really a heathen, I got to go check on him. No, God doesn't just check in with us. God is ever present, ever with us. Always faithful, always true. Don't get hung up on the big things. Look at how God has done little things in your life. Look at the majesty of God. That's incredible. So look for God in your day-to-day life. He's there. Tune in to God every morning. Talk to Him about your day ahead. Listen to what He has to say. Then look for Him throughout your day. Talk to Him about yesterday. Talk to Him about tomorrow. Remember, He's there. He's been there. He's going to be there. That little, still, small voice that you hear of admonishment, conviction, encouragement, teaching, and loving, that speaks to us in that morning time. Then at the end of the day, we can look back and see where God works through the day. Or if we're really in tune and we're not too crazy of a day, we can see God working throughout our life all day. You see, then we remember when we deal with that difficult circumstance, that difficult person, that, you know what, I dealt with that in the past. God was faithful through that. He's going to be faithful while I deal with it today. And I know I'm going to have that difficulty again in the, tomorrow. But God is always faithful and always true and always there. He has a plan for us. His plan is sovereign. His plan is good. His plan is true. And I can lean on that. So how does remembering the past, right, impact the future? So now, like I told you, there's a lot of verses that hit this. Verses 3, 5, 7, 8, and 10. And so, little bits of uh, each one of these is His righteousness endures forever. He remembers His covenant forever. His precepts are established forever and ever. He has commanded His covenant forever. His praise endures forever. So, as we reflect on the past and live in the present, we see God at work and see the love of His character. We can then face the future not with anxiety and fear of the unknown. But instead, we have confidence and peace and assurance that God is already there. He's already established his plan and his purpose. He is faithful and he is trustworthy. You know, as I got ready to do this sermon, before Jason told me that we're going to preach out a psalm, I was ready to go into Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 is that, right, that's the chapter of faith. And it talks about, you know, Abraham and, and all those and how they, God kept his promises. And I thought, wow, that's great. Isn't it amazing how God works and gives me that, even though I didn't preach out of it? God's amazing. And then it wraps up in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And here it is, ready? And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, this is our great hope. Now let's look at verse 9 again. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. So when we look at verse 9, right, the psalmist is reflecting on the redemption of Israel from Egypt. But at the same time, He's foreshadowing the future of Jesus coming to earth at Christmas to redeem his people. You see, God keeps his covenant promise, as the verse says. And Jesus came again. Jesus is also going to come again one more time. Jesus will keep his promise. He's faithful and true. And he'll come again and redeem us to himself that is our hope now this was an add-on this morning so my son-in-law and his father which i don't really know how exactly that relationship is that's like a father-in-law anyway they're minnesota viking fans and a couple weeks ago we were watching that incredible football game where they had that greatest comeback in nfl history right and so they said jeff Can you bring this into the sermon? I'm like, I don't really think so. But then God in his infinite wisdom gave me some words. So I'm thinking of three comebacks in God's word that outdid the Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) The first one, in the past, when Jesus sacrificed his life and laid in that grave, and then he came back to life. That's a comeback. That's a great comeback. Then Jesus will come back again To redeem us unto himself right at the end of the time that that's a great comeback but i had one more comeback that involves us a little bit more too you see that comeback is the prodigal son you see he was part of god's family he just kind of strayed away he just kind of went away for a little bit but god was always there god was always waiting for his comeback if that's you today That comeback can be today. So that was a past comeback, a future comeback, and maybe a today comeback for you. You're welcome, Dana. Then we go on to verse 10. Verse 10 was kind of one of those verses where, let me read it and then we'll talk about it, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding, his praise endures forever. And I said to myself, Jeff, why is this here? So I said, God, why is this here? So as I look at verse 10, it talks about fear, the fear of the Lord. That is reverent fear, right? Respect, admiration, love, honor to God who deserves it. This is God who is king. He is ruler over all, authority over all, creator of all things. He and his kingdom will never falter, never fail. Right? So just as God is, is full of love and mercy and grace, He reveals His character. So acknowledging and accepting who God is, revering Him, and submitting to Him, we gain that understanding of who He is. And I say this all the time in, in my discipleship groups, in my growth groups, there's two things you can know about God. One There's a lot more than two things, right? But God is incomprehensible. We can't understand God. But he wants to reveal himself to us. That's how this fits in here, right? So by knowing God, by studying God, by remembering all that God has done, God reveals himself to us today and tomorrow and the next day. We just have to slow down and pause and reflect on him. So... Remembering God's great works, the amazing miracles we read about in the Bible. That's what we do. We reflect on those things. And then we reflect on the day-to-day little things. Then we go back to verse 1, because somebody's checking and making sure I cover all these verses. So we go back to verse 1, and it's, Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. So we praise the Lord in the company of the upright. That's our growth groups. That's our family. That's our friends. People that we share our lives with. I'm so excited for growth group. You see, our growth group is like a family. We've really grown together over the last year. And this week, I'm not in charge of what the growth group little guide comes out, but I know what I'm doing. We're going to talk about all the great things that God has done over the last year. You see, we've had some people go through some difficult times we got somebody who's sitting in the room today that we've been praying for them to get a new job. God provided that job. I'm so excited for her. We have people go through tough times, small things on the prayer list, big things on the prayer list, but God worked through each and every one of them. This is celebrating God in the company of the upright. Then in the company of the congregation, that's why we gathered this morning, so we can lift God up. And we're going to do that here in a little bit. But before we do that, I want to do a little application. You see, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, whether I get yelled at, yeah, I don't know, but we're going to do it anyway. So we're going to do a little bit of Psalms 46.10 this morning. So Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You see, we get busy in our day to day. And sometimes we just need to stop and reflect on God, reflect on all the great things that He's done in our lives. So we're going to take two minutes, and we're just going to pause, and we're going to reflect on God. So I've got a couple of rules that go with this, they're just guides, not rules, not precepts, I used a big word today, right? So if you're a believer, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just meditate on God's work in your life over the last year, last couple of years. If you're unsaved and you're seeking, you don't know God, I'm going to ask you just to consider the love that God has for you, his desire for a relationship with you, the sacrifice that he made, how submitting to God would truly, truly change your life and give you hope for tomorrow. If that's you today, just pause, just reflect. If you want to talk about it, come see me. There's many others in this church that would be glad to talk to you. If you're a little with the wiggles, because I know we're doing worship together and I love having the kiddos with us, I'm going to ask you just to quietly sing a song, say a prayer, color a picture about how much God loves you. And we're just going to pause. And when we're done with that, I'll just say a prayer and then we'll dive into some wonderful music. So if you just bow with me, Thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for being an amazing God who loves us. For being a God that's 100% committed to us. Lord, we are just people here on this earth that you've provided for us to live on. And Lord, when we think about all the great things that you've done in our lives, whether they be big or small, Lord, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for guiding us, for loving us despite the circumstances we, we sometimes get ourselves into. Lord, we give you glory and praise for, for loving on us. We thank you for the salvation uh, that you've given to so many of us and that we've been able to witness over the last year. Lord, we thank you for the love that you have for us the work that you have for us, the purpose and the plans that you have for us as we head into 2023. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to just pause and reflect on you. And that as we we go through 2023, we'll be able to see you at work in our lives. And that as we wrap up 2023 and a year from now, Lord, that we'll be able to celebrate the big things, the small things and your presence and your love and your character revealed in us and through us in the good times and the bad times. I pray that if anybody's here that doesn't know you, Lord, that you'll speak to them, that you'll soften their heart, that you'll draw them to you and reveal your love. For those that need encouragement, that you'll encourage them. Holy Spirit, that you'll just uh, guide and love and bring us and draw us closer together and closer to you. I pray this in Jesus' name.